sons and daughters. And your opportunity is going to be just right here today in Exodus chapter 6. It's an opportunity that each and every one of us can get. All right? It's just an opportunity. If you want it, you can have it. If you don't, ain't nobody got no beef with you, you know? Everybody mad, you know? You know, just, just think about it today as we go through this. What a wonderful opportunity uh, that the Lord presents himself with. And uh, let's read a little bit, okay? It says here in chapter 6, it says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses, said, I, the Lord, and I appeared unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them, and I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I, the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of the bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I, the Lord your God, who bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you uh, in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and I will give it uh, you for a heritage, I, the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in and speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And, and he let the children of Israel go out of his hand. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, that the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who is of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Amen. <clears throat> Let's pray real quick. So the only way to put this is when we look, there's a scripture over in, in five, and I'll read it for you. I don't know if you want to jump over there or not. But in verse two, and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? You know, Pharaoh, God uses Pharaoh or builds Pharaoh up for this moment so that he can teach the children of Israel who he is. Not who Pharaoh is, so he can teach us who he is. So he raises Pharaoh up. You know, Pharaoh has blown up and Pharaoh is beside himself. Pharaoh believes that he is a God. You know how we are as black people. You all seen us on the football field, the basketball field. You've seen us rapping, right? You know how we are. You know how our flow goes. You know how we are. We, you know, we're about that life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every time we score, we start popping our shirt. You know, even though we're not throwing the ball to ourselves, we believe we're the most important person on the field. <laughs> Just throw me the rock. I even hear our kids say that. I ride with Javon. Javon's like, Pastor Mark, if they would just give me the rock, we would win. And, I, and you know, I, mean, I can't hate on him because that's the world that he lives in. It's, even though there's a, 10 other people on the field with him, he's like, they don't exist to me. <laughs> they, 
And that's how we play, ain't it? That, that the other 10 people that are in the huddle with you don't even exist to you. All eyes on you. You're like sitting there listening to this quarterback call to play. But to see in Javon's mind, <laughs> that quarterback really doesn't exist. <laughs> he's just like, like he's talking to himself. Just give me the ball on three. I don't even need to be in this huddle. Javon goes out, lines up. Even though there's another dude on the other side and whatnot, and even though it's going to take those other ten players just to give that quarterback a little bit of time, Javon, in his mind, this whole play depends on him. Do you hear me? This is how we all think. All of us in this room, we all think this way. And don't act like you don't. Y'all can sit here and act like you, you don't. Yes, you do. I listened to Javon and I started laughing because I was at Javon's age too. And I said, if they would just give me the ball <laughs> and let me call, forget the coach, just let me call the play. You know, I know what play to call. I played Madden too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I played Madden and, 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 and all these other little crazy games. Coleco, y'all know nothing about Coleco Vision. Ain't nobody old enough in here for that. Maybe Thomas, but his skills ain't up. <laughs> we used to play some whack games and whatnot. Atari and television. And in your mind, it's all about you. In relationships, it's all about you. You know? In friendships, it's all about you. You know? The world just revolves around us. So Pharaoh, no different than any other black person on the planet, is like, who is, I don't understand what you're talking about. Who is the Lord? What are you talking about? I'm Pharaoh. I'm God. I rule and super rule over all the land. I'm not even thinking about you. Even Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know how many times the Lord had to humble Nebuchadnezzar and it took the Lord to make Nebuchadnezzar crazy and he's out in the field like he's a cow grazing in grass and everything. And then seven years later, the Lord's like, okay, seven years up. And this fool got nails like a, like a, like a cow, <laughs> his hair like a bear, you know, he stink. You know how people come in and smell like outside? He finally gets up after all the statues he made of himself. At all the, all the, all the, all the talking noise he talked about himself, he finally stands up. After seven years of being crazy, seven years, I'm not talking about seven months, I'm not talking about seven days, I'm talking about seven years you are living like an animal. We come by the woods and there you are crawling on all fours thinking that you're a giraffe or something. And I'm like, that boy on that dope. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Seeing one of your family members just thinking that they're a horse or something? Thinking they're a giraffe, thinking they're a lion, literally in their mind. And this is the king, so everybody still, listen, how did, how did nobody else become king? I don't know. We'd have been like, man, forget that dude. Let's get another king and move on. But they never did. They just went on for seven years doing their assignment while the king was out there acting like he was some animal. And when God woke him up, he was like, what on earth happened? Everybody was like, well, you were a little doggy for seven years. He was like, seven years I was a dog? And they started, you don't remember that? He's like, no, the only thing I know is that God is God. That's what, that's what he said. He said, all I know is that the most high God is God of all the earth. And what's it going to take for us? And Pharaoh is clowning. Pharaoh is like Satan. Satan is like, who is the Lord that I, I need to be listening to? 
And I was saying, I don't know if I told you this, but I had a great conversation. Y'all remember Three Six Mafia? Did I talk to y'all about Three Six Mafia? I ain't talked to y'all about that, Mike. Mike, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'm three six. It's Three Six Mafia, man. Mm. So Three Six Mafia, whatnot. I listen to their songs and whatnot, cause you know I'm, I'm down with rap. I grew up with rap. T grew up with rap. Rap artists come along. People be like, yo, yo, my, you know, yo, well, you hear this this song? I'm like, man, we got this little artist out here, you know, cause we got our own rap group from our own rap era. Y'all got these new cats that be wearing dresses and stuff. I can't get down with that. And, uh, but sometimes maybe their lyrics may be tight. Now, you got cats out here. You know, we, our, our artists don't even dress like that. I don't know what these new artists are. I try to give people a little flow. Let me hear what your artist is talking about. Let's see what area you're going on and things like that. But anyway, they, these cats are talking about, you never heard of 3-6 Mafia? I said, yeah, I heard of 3-6. I said, but I'm not really down with nothing they're saying. But see, man, you getting on them about their religious belief and how they, you know, 3-6 and all that. That's not what they stand for. And I was like, well, you know me and whatnot. Every time you come to me, I'm like, well, did you do any history on this thing? Did they do any interviews or anything? Can you kind of like, you know, let's go to the sources now. Man, I've done it, man. I've done it. Well, you don't even already know. When you start talking to me about 360, you think I'm like texting like the job or something. I'm already looking up 36. And I'm already rolling the crunchy black already. Because Crunchy Black already tells you everything he's down with. So while you're sitting there running off the mouth and the crowd is around, I'm already like, so you don't know what you're talking about, Mark. They ain't talking about Satan or nothing like that. They talking about real life stuff. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just hit play. And when I hit play, I'm like, do y'all know who Crunchy Black is? And the whole room get quiet because Crunchy Black says, you know what? I know everybody else was serving the devil but I never cut the contract with him. And the whole room is quiet now. Just, uh, hey, don't listen to me. Let's go talk to the artist himself. And he's like, you know, the devil is real, y'all, and God is real. This is what the artist is saying. The reason why the devil chose me or he'll choose you is because whatever gift you have, it attracts people. And he can use that. But in my heart, I couldn't really cross over and really sign that blood contract with him. So him and I had him. The whole room is like, they all sitting there like, couldn't believe what this guy is saying. And I'm like, this is your boy, 3-6. That's the reason why they call themselves 3-6 Mafia. They ain't like, there was, there's no quarter on, what quarter do you go to? And it says 666. Besides Stark Street over here at the Housing Authority. Yeah. <laughs> He is breaking it down himself for the whole world to hear. And he says, I never crossed over. They was like, so you seen the devil? And you know, they got to they gotta think about what they're going to say. And he's like, well, the devil really doesn't come at you. So what little Nas is doing with his little dance scene with Satan, that ain't real. And everybody's like, what is he? Little Nas and his little dance scene. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Some of y'all young people do. Some of y'all won't admit it. Y'all watching Lil Nas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had a baby. Y'all see that? I keep up with my little date. What do you heard something about that? Lil Nas had his little baby. But anyway, he's got his scene with the devil. But 3-6 <laughs> is breaking it down to you on how the devil rolls. 
He says the devil doesn't come to you like the devil. That's wrong what Nas is portraying to y'all. When the devil comes to you, you know, the devil look like your mama. The devil look like your school teacher. The devil look like one of your best friends. And when they come into the room, you can be having a conversation, but you know it's the devil because everything just switches. And the devil is like, hey, Layla, how you living? But anyway, Layla, this is how we're going to get down today. And you're like, what's wrong with you, Mike? Who you talking about Mike? Well, who's Mike? That's what Crunchy Black is saying. All of a sudden, the whole room just switched. And like, Thomas, I ain't talking to Thomas. I'm like, yo, T, hey, man, cut that thing 10 and a quarter. First of all, more. let's not talk about the boards no more. Let's get down to business. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with you, T? And all of a sudden, I realize I'm talking to somebody that knows me better than I know me. And right here, Moses and them is rolling up, and they're talking to Pharaoh because they think Pharaoh is just a man. So the Lord is like, yeah, go tell Pharaoh what I said. So when they get in there, they say, yo, man, God said, let the people go. And Pharaoh's like, well, who is the Lord that I need to uh, be listening to him? And all of a sudden, Moses and them is like, well, you know, he's, the, you know, the God, all, you know, all of that. And Pharaoh said, should I obey his voice and let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said here, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. But Satan is not trying to hear it. And listen, you know, all the time, I tell you all the time, the Lord... Our God changes not. Well, I'm telling you right now, Satan ain't going to change either. He ain't letting people go like that. He gets us when we are young. We are born into sin and shaped in iniquity. You hear me? We are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But God has made a way out for each and every one of us on this planet. Now, you and I live with sin like Magic Johnson lives with HIV. Do you hear me? So I'm not shocked when people sin. It's our nature. People come around like, do you hear so and so fell? I'm like, well, they're supposed to fall. They're a fish. If you catch a fish swimming, you act like you done caught something. We sinners. Do you hear what I'm saying? Take a look at somebody sitting next to you and say, well, you a sinner? See, Satan will come at you and tell you that people are not supposed to make mistakes. People are not supposed to sin. But I'm here to tell you, if a fish swim and a dog bark, you sin. You hear me? So I'm not shocked. I don't get caught up in the conversations and the drama because I read the book. And all of us have come short of glorifying God. We were designed to give him glory, but we're not giving him glory because we got a sin nature. And our sin nature, like Dietrich Haddon said, is like gravity. We jump, but our sin always brings us back down to earth. That's each and every one of us in the room. And each and every one of us, our sins are different. People put degrees of sin on it. There is no degree to God. He says sin is sin. He died for each and every one of us on the planet. And there's a devil. Devil just loves the fact that there's sin. Because all he wants to do, he can't make you sin, but he can put the things in front of you that he knows that you like. And he keeps you in bondage. And right here, when they say that, he's like, I'm tired of y'all coming in here, so you're going to have to make brick without straw. That's the famous brick without straw. 
So when you start going to church and things like that, he says, you know what, man, since you're trying to go to church and since you're trying to do better with your life, I'm going to take the straw away from you and you're going to have to go. Now it's really going to get tough on you. you. I don't even know who the Lord is. But see, this is what God says to the devil. And this is what God says to you and I. This is the reason why chapter six is so important in the book of Exodus. Because the Lord says, then the Lord said unto Moses, did the Moses ask? No, the Lord said, Moses, now shall you see what I will do to Pharaoh for with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. There's a thing in the church called the battle is the Lord's and not mine. Because if you and I could swing, we would, but we don't know where to swing at. And you know what it's like to be in bondage. You know what it's like when you just can't get out of it. You know what it's like when you go home some nights and it's just suffocating. Even though you're not suffocating, you know the situation sometimes that we find ourselves in could be suffocating. All right. We have some good days and some good moments, but you know how it is when you're in bondage, you know. I was listening to this testimony of a black man. He's old enough, probably around 90 years old. And they always want to talk to people about what slavery is like. And he's talking about slavery and he's talking about some of the conditions that they went through. You know, they took his father out to the field and they hung him to the point when he passed out, they let him go. And then they took his father, they kicked his father off the land and said, you ain't good for nothing. And him and his mother watched his father walk down the road and the daddy went out of his eyesight. And he's just telling the story. He didn't start crying or anything, you know? You know when he started, the tears started coming from his eyes? This is when he started to tell him the story about his father's redemption. He said his father met a man. And after those situations, you just kind of just don't trust no more. You know that? His father met this white man while he was on his journey. And this white man looked at him and said, sir, you okay? You know, people just don't call you sir like that, you know? Especially in those days. They always want to call you boy. You know what I'm saying? Call you out your name. But he said, sir, you okay? And his father said, I'm all right. He kept on walking. He said, sir, can I help you? Father kept on walking. He said, I'll be all right. The man said, sir, it looks like you might need help. His father stopped and talked to the man. The man says, come on home with me. Man took him home. His wife was like, how you doing, sir? They fed that man. They got that man back healthy again. Looked just like the same man that just hung him. You hear me? The devil comes in all shapes. And, you know, and the Lord was sure. The Lord says, who is my neighbor? And he started to talk about an individual that had a heart for some, whether they knew the person or not, had a heart. And this man nursed his father back to health. The crazy thing about it in that time, to see a man that is the opposite color of you and your mindset is not to trust anybody of that color, but this man nurses you back to health you know, starts you working and things like that and goes and buys you a car and hands you the keys and says, that car is for you. That's when the man began to cry, telling the story about his... Not, he didn't cry about the hanging. He didn't cry about the abuse that was going through. He started to cry when help came. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
And some of us, man, we're so used to stuff going wrong that, you know what I'm saying? Now, Whitney, I'm not going to get on the Cowboys and everything. Because she didn't start crying until they started winning. It's kind of like that. <laughs> I know because I didn't shed tears to the Eagles won. <laughs> I just got numb to 50 years of not, you know, winning. You know what I'm saying, Alexis? She sends me little texts every now and then of encouragement. <laughs> And, you know, I didn't cry. I just took it, you know what I'm saying, on the chin. I would just take it out of time. Like, you know, you know how it is. It's so bad sometimes in our life that we just take abuse and stuff like it. Now we're like, you know, we, you know how we do it. But when God finally shows up in our life, you know that? When God finally shows up, this is what the... He's telling Moses, he said, you know what, now you're about to see how I get down. And we've been like, well, man, it's been 50 years, Jeffrey Lord. <laughs> we ain't won nothing. You know? What? Oh, you going to get down now? This is, this, is, this is how you, the Lord's like, yeah, I'm about to get down now. I'm going to get down. And listen, and God wants to get down in our life. I don't know what you're dreaming about. I don't know what you want. I don't even care about gossip. People try to come to me about gossip. You know what I said? I don't even want to know. I don't need to know. Because the same gossip that you hear one time is going to be the same as the hundredth time you heard. Nobody cares. We don't care no more. Tell me something good. Who said that song? Go on with it, Lex. Don't be scared to sing that song. That's that Shaka Khan. <laughs> Tell me something good. Mm-hmm. Y'all know that song. Hey. Tell me that you love me. Oh, yeah. Woo! Come on. That make you get up. Don't it make you get up? Shaka Khan have you standing up. So the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to make this thing happen to where Pharaoh kicks you out with a strong hand. You in that crazy relationship and they won't let you go, he says, I'm going to flip the script to where they put all your stuff out for you. As a matter of fact, they drive you where you're supposed to go. And then they leave. And by the time I turn them back to their mind again, you're gone and living your life. Then they want to start calling you like, I'm sorry, but you're free now. Out of all that the children of Israel went through, when they got free after about a month or two, John, you know what they said? I miss being in bondage. Can you imagine? It was so much better picking cotton. It was so much better when I would just go to the hospital for a black eye. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't that bad. And you start listening to people, you're like, come on now. And verse 2 says, And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I, and I don't know if your Bible is like mine, but the word in italics means that they added it there for our understanding, but it's not in the original manuscript, so it says, I am the Lord, but really it's I, the Lord. There's a difference between that. I am the Lord, or when somebody comes to you and says, I, the Lord. Or they can say, hey, Thomas, I am the Lord. But they come to you and say, no, I, the Lord. And I appeared to Abraham, and I appeared to Isaac, and I appeared to Jacob. And I know that doesn't mean a lot to us, but to them, you know, that was powerful right there because all they heard was the testimonies of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and how God had promised them what he was going to do with them. And they're the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they're living beneath their privilege, all right? 
He told Abraham, he said, kings and princes are coming out of you. You know how we call our young, our pe- young people kings and queens? Y'all know that, right? We try to speak life into them. You's a king. You a queen, boo-boo. And they looking around like, it don't look like we living in no castle. <laughs> but they up there smiling because you, you know, you're showing them some praise. But the Lord is like, no, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he told Abraham, a lot of this doesn't mean much to you, but when you go back, right there, you stop reading right here. And if you was at home and you were reading this, immediately you got to Google Abraham and then you got to go back and read what the Lord said to Abraham. That's what you have to do. Sometimes when you're studying, you read something, he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when you go back and here, the Lord starts to talk to Moses about what he talked to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob about. Can you imagine? He says, I'm the God of your great, great, great grandfather. And I made a covenant with him. Are you listening to me? God made a covenant with Abraham. And he said, Abraham, look at the stars. He said, if you can number them, he says that you can number your descendants. The thing about Abraham, when we study Abraham today, we realize that he was a patriarch of faith. He wasn't, even though it looks like it's all about the natural, but it wasn't. Abraham believed in the God that was behind the scenes, but yet he operated in the natural. Abraham is in the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. Are y'all listening to me? He just ain't in the Bible. There's Pop Warner in the Bible. There's high school in the Bible. There's college in the Bible. There's pro in the Bible, but then there's the hall of fame in the Bible. And Abraham made it to the hall of fame. Where are we going to make it at today? But the promises that he made to Abraham are the same promises that he's making to you and I today. (laughs) Abraham, all he did was believe God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Verse four says, I have established my covenant. He made a covenant with Abraham. And this is the sign of the covenant. A sign. He establishes a covenant with Abraham. And then he says, Abraham, let's make sure that we have, you know how we all know gang signs, right? Does anybody here know gang signs? Huh? People act like, they're like, who? I've never been in one. <laughs> and it's okay. Don't, don't throw them up in here. You know, people be throwing up stuff. Throw them up. Throw them up. <laughs> But he says here, he says, I've established my covenant with them. So he made a promise sometimes to our great, 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 great grandparents that he was going to bring our family out. He made a covenant with Abraham. That covenant includes you and I. Because we believe God and it's a credit to us as righteous. You understand that? It's not about the physical it's always going to be about the spiritual. So Abraham believed God and he's declared righteous. And you and I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And it is established by us, you know what I'm saying, as righteous. 
to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. So God is telling us right here today, I've got something for you. And some of us don't realize that there's a written will for each and every one of us. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel. We are children of Israel. The Bible talks about being grafted in. We don't even know who the children of Israel are because God scattered them like we do marbles. We don't even, we don't even know. Those people over there, they, that ain't them. So we don't know where the children of Israel are. You know what's so crazy about when they started going back to different places where um, he, where people were first at, like Indians and stuff like that? They started realizing that West Africa was traveling over to uh, North America for a long time. And what's so crazy about it is, is that they were like, you think they really brought all those black people across on boats? They were like, no. Because of us traveling back and forth, some boats broke down. And some of us just lived there because we were trading with the Indians. The Indians was like, yo, man, might as well set up shop, baby. There's different people that were selling that said, I saw Indians and black people on that continent. So when Martin Luther King comes out and says, you know what I'm saying, that we were always here and we need to go get our check. It ain't nothing but a, a year later that that brother's dead. When Malcolm X said, we didn't land on uh, Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on us. You hear me? When they start telling you different things, they're trying to let you know, we have always been here. But then when they do all their little archaeological studies on, on here, and they go back to these different Indian places, guess what language they find? The same one over here in verse 3 of chapter 5, the God of the Hebrews, they find Hebrew language right here on this continent, knowing that Africans... We're traveling back and forth to North America. So they're like, are you trying to tell me it ain't the native Indians that are speaking Hebrew? You mean to tell me that the Hebrews were here in North America? You mean there were already black people here? So he says, I have heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. Remember, this thing right here, this physical picture that you are looking at, the spiritual picture is Pharaoh is Satan. And God and Satan are about to have this fight. The children of Israel are just like you and I. We're believers and we're held in bondage to Satan. Okay, and Satan's little people that you see, the taskmasters are demons. That's all that it is. And the Lord is revealing everything. But he says, and I have remembered my covenant. The Lord said, I made a vow to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that I would bring their children out and I would establish them. And he is the Lord, our God, and he does not break his covenant with us. So as you sit here today and Satan is trying to tell you that it's based on your credit, you say, no, it's based on the covenant. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because some of us say, I messed up my credit. But the Lord says, but you haven't messed up your covenant with me. 
and I will bring you out and I will establish you. And we're like, how are you going to do that? When I'm locked up and Pharaoh is telling me I can't have nothing and I've got to serve him. So verse six says, say unto the children of Israel, I, the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will rid you out of their bondage and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. That's each and every one of us in this room. Who is ruling your life right now? Are you ruling it or is somebody else ruling it? Verse 7 says, and I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I, the Lord your God, brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. That's the first commandment that the Lord wants you and I to know that he is the Lord our God who brought us out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage and we will have no other God but him. That is the first thing the Lord wants to talk to us about today. If you don't get anything else, he's telling you, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage and you will have no other God. He says, you won't serve no else but me. You ain't serving no man. You ain't serving no woman. You ain't serving no dope. You ain't serving poverty. You ain't serving abuse. I don't give two cents what they think about your color. Don't you think nothing about nobody else's color. I'm the Lord your God. I'm bringing you out. And we have to hear that. Now listen now. This thing right here that we're going to look at for the next couple of weeks. He ain't just letting us go. If you hear him, he's like, who is your God? You know who my God is. You know who my God is. You call yourself God, Pharaoh, but you know who God is because you're building that tomb for yourself, which means that you're going to die. You are not a God. And there's a scripture that says God is not a man that he would lie. He is God all by himself. And Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you so where I am, you may be there also. Listen, Pharaoh, he doesn't really talk to you about death. He talks to you about right now, gives you this illusion. But Jesus says, listen, son, daughter, you ain't going to live forever. But I'm leaving to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. But also, too, while you're down here, I cut a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that covenant is about you that I will establish you. And some of us want to be established. Doesn't matter what age you are. You all remember going to school and how things were in school. Sometimes you were slick with your mouth and sometimes others were slick with their mouth on you. Do you hear what I'm saying? We were the first black family to integrate places. What did you think that was about? Me and my brothers used to talk about that. We were the first family to integrate some places. So it's different, like being the first black president, there's certain things you need to do and certain things you don't need to do. Certain places you need to go and some places you don't need to go. Because when you're the first doing some things, people expect you to fail. People expect you to live a certain way. People expect you not to be able to conduct yourself. People expect certain things from certain people. But we can't be that way. We have to be the children of the Most High God. 
And I will bring you into the land concerning which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for a heritage. I, the Lord, he changes not. He changes not, y'all. And some of y'all are sitting here this morning still trying to figure life out. But God has figured out life for you. And the more that we study his word, I love how Sharisha talks about how she continued to go through school. Because it gives you the opportunity to have that critical thinking. See, sometimes they want to dumb us down to where we don't think for ourselves. Sometimes when you're in relationships, people want to try to mentally abuse you and give you low self-esteem and make sure you think that nobody else is going to want you. It happens to men and women. So you settle for less. You say, this is how life is always going to be for me, but that is not so. Do you hear me? If you're here today, don't you think like that. You think about something different. You dream big, go for big. God will establish you. God will change everything about you. Don't, that's not, this is not the life that God has for us. This is something that's been put on us by Pharaoh. This is, listen, they didn't live in Egypt. They lived in a place called Goshen on the east side, <laughs> across the tracks. Do you hear what I'm saying? And as we begin to move forward, God is going to make sure there's a difference. He said, oh, you want a difference between the tracks and y'all? Oh, I'm going to make the Lord make sure that there's a difference between the west side and the east side. Oh, y'all want to always put MLK in the black neighborhood and make sure drugs are sold on MLK. Y'all think it's cute? Well, I'm going to make a difference between MLK and First Street. I'm going to make a difference between MLK and the country club. I'm going to make a difference between MLK and Chapel Hill. I'm going to make a difference between the rich and the poor. This is what he's going to do. And we're going to see it the next couple of weeks. How God says, you want to play games? I'm the one to play games with. He's like, I invented the game. He says, I invented the Milky Way. He said, you can look out there all you want to. He says, I've already been there and done that. He said, earth is my footstool. You want to play? He says, I call these people after my name. And there is a difference between the God we serve and the God we see. Because nobody down here, I don't care what they look like. I don't care what color they are. And this right here is black on black. You hear what I'm saying? This is black. on. There are no Gentiles in this picture. This is in Africa. This is in Africa. Right here, everybody look like us. Everybody looked like us. The only way you could distinguish one between the other is the way we are clothes. Maybe we came out with FUBU back then, and they didn't have FUBU. We came out with For Us, By Us. And they were like, ooh, that's one of them Hebrews. Because they got on FUBU in Adidas. My, long before Michael Jordan was what? My Adidas. Walks through closet doors. Y'all don't know that song? Roams all over Coliseum floors. Huh? Y'all don't know that? Oh, that's Thomas. They don't know that because they ain't at that level. You got to get a season pass to run DMC. Y'all still on Lil Nas having his baby, but that's okay. That's all right. Y'all still stay with Lil Nas and his Old Town Road. Is that it? Yeah. 
Well, I'm watching Run DMC with they shell top Adidas still. And uh, I won't change. You know what I'm saying? I got some Nikes on, though. That's what Nike's on, y'all. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Just do it. Just do it. I don't know what Lil Nas is wearing, but I, I get on everybody. Most people are like, I'm not listening. To them. But Lil Nas is making some money, y'all. Somebody's listening to Lil Nas. And I don't want to be riding by and I hear y'all coming down there singing Old Town Road. I'm be like. <laughs> you know, Thomas got his radio blaring some Old Town Road. I'm like, T, take it back to Run DMC, baby. <laughs> we need some Houdini back on, some Sugar Hill. This stuff is out of control. Y'all hear me? But anyway. So Mo, listen, to tell you how, how far down we can be, to tell you how far down it can go, Moses goes and he begins to talk to the children of Israel and the children of Israel told Moses, talk to the hand because you're getting on my last nerve. Because sometimes the enemy will make it seem like it's so rough in your life. You start trying to figure everything out. It's not for you to figure out. The Lord says, I am going to bring you out. And uh, he said, go speak to Pharaoh. Tell Pharaoh, I'm out. You imagine going home right now? Because listen, you know, Veronica preached last week. There's a little part in there where it says that, you know, the first one, when the guy went out to sow, it says Satan came and stole the word out of the people's heart. Did y'all hear that last week? Did you think about that? Like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me as soon as I leave out of here, Satan is like coming by with that pickpocket move. You know how he bumps? <laughs> you're like, what happened to the word? I had my word in my pocket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got God. You forgot about it. That's his job. His job is to make you forget about it because you receive it and you start thinking about it while you're in church. And you're like, you know what, man? That does make sense. So you put it in your pocket. You know how we do our phone. We put our phone in our pocket. We put our money in our pocket. We put our most valuable things in our pocket. And then we start rolling. But the pickpocket, you know, that's his job. This is Satan's job to bump you. When you find yourself bumped, I think like, did somebody bump me? You better, you better check your pocket. And the person, remember, Crunchy Black said, Satan always comes like somebody else. He'll look like Somebody you know. And you'll be like, yo, did somebody bump into me? And that person that you know would say, it was only me bumping into you. Why? I got robbed of my word. I had it in my pocket. They're going to be like, boy, you on that dope. Stop playing. Let's go. We got things to do. Yo, I just got a text from old boy. Let's do this. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but I had my word. I had something written on it like I wasn't going to go back. Boy, you on that dope. Let's go. And you get in the car and you're gone. Three weeks later, you realize that it was the fool sitting next to you. The one you rode with is the one that bumped you. <laughs> so as you keep coming to church and whatnot, when you start walking out, you let everybody leave and be like, you know, I'm going to let all of y'all get out there and then I'm going to go. Because I leave out first, somebody always bump me. Jamil tried to bump me last week, but I was too smooth with it. <laughs> Did that moon walk on? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He tried to hit me with the electric slide and tried to come back. You know what I'm saying? So I started beat street that, you know? 
You don't know all the moves we did and all the spins and twists that we did to get out of situations. But 12 says, And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. Sometimes, y'all, we get to a place where we're not listening. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see that sometimes you just shut down and say, I'm tired of this. You see people end up in the hospital sometimes because they just slit wrists. They get so frustrated and tired of it trying to come up. And it's God's job to bring you up. The key to everything is he said, I heard the groanings of the children of Israel. Somebody has to start praying. All right. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel. When you go home today and everything starts going upside down and it's verse 13. The Lord continually keeps telling Moses to tell the children of Israel what? Bring the children out of Israel. You heard what I said, Satan. I'm leaving you. See ya. I don't care what you say, Satan. I'm leaving. You ain't going nowhere. I'm leaving. And if I have to sing this Gladys Knight song on the midnight train to Georgia, <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm going back to find. You know, and sometimes you got to sing the little songs that he tried to put you in bondage with. You need to sing them back to him. Get him all frustrated because we're going to see next week when the Lord said, you watch what I do to Pharaoh. You know what he does to Pharaoh? The same stuff that he's doing to us. He, listen, the Lord is going to flip the script and he's going to start doing to Pharaoh what he's been doing to us for years. You hear me? That's what we talk about all the time, about flipping the script. The script is going to get flipped, and all of a sudden, instead of you getting mentally abused, you start mentally abusing them. And they start getting all rattled. And they start being like, what? What do you mean? And what, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? And that's what the Lord is going to do. Pharaoh's been whooping up on Israel with all this little foolish stuff. Because listen, we haven't even talked about the magicians yet, have we? Aren't there still magicians to this day? They're all over the place. I hope y'all ain't calling them because they, they crazy. There's a lot of magicians out here, a lot of palm readers, a lot of psychics. They're up in church now, you know. They're everywhere, and it's always about money. Everything is about money. I talk to you more about coming out of stuff. I don't even talk to you about money. Because you know what the scripture says? I would that you would prosper as your soul prosper. It's based on your soul. It's bottle and model between you and God. It ain't got nothing to do with it. What is that? What's, what's, what? You can be a rich dummy or a poor dummy. We still got dummy on the end of it. But when you start to prosper in your heart, you prosperous. Whatever you put your, listen to what he says, whatever you put your hand forth to do, he will cause you to prosper. My dad used to tell me that. He said, you ain't nothing but a rich dummy, Mark. You're only rich for two weeks. I get my income tax check. He's like, your money already spent, ain't it? Why you hating on somebody, daddy? We go out and buy stuff that makes no sense. A stereo for our car. Rims. And they go drinking and total the car. 
And he's like, where are all your money at now? We just swole. Don't want to hear nobody. He said, won't you go buy land or something? Won't you go live for yourselves treasures on earth where moth <laughs> uh, can't rust and thieves can't break in the steel? What they going to do, dig up your whole land? Some of us get income tax money in where we literally can go buy land. And with land, it's collateral and you can put a house on there. And you don't have to pay rent to nobody. Did you hear what I just said? But Satan is like, I don't want to let you go. So when we go buy our tickets to Disneyland, and that way we can have some pictures of each other for a while, you and I, and we'll be friends. And then when you come back and whatnot, we can start this thing all over again. Don't it make sense when you get eight, nine, ten grand that you would actually invest it in land? Why don't we think that way? Well, I saw this fur coat that I wanted. We live in Texas. Why are you buying a fur coat and we in Texas? You only got one month to wear it, maybe two. It was so beautiful and I felt the spirit in my heart say, go get it. But I left it at my mama's and when the tornado came, you know what I'm saying, T? We get enough money to go buy land that a tornado, a tsunami, lightning, fire can't even take from us. And we can leave it, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But somehow, we either end up at the dope man's house, the candy factory, Hibbets, the Earth with a Fire concert. We end up places that make no sense to nobody. Because we're in bondage. We go buy things that. It just don't make no think about it. When you listen, we need to try an experiment. Like next week, everybody get five thousand dollars. Like you know, like we gotta do it like the, the lottery people do it. You know what I'm saying? You gonna get this money. And that way all week you thinking about this money when it comes in. What you gonna do with your money? I think I'm gonna feed the world. Why don't you do something that will change your family's life? God did something that changed all of our lives. He came down here and died for us that we might have life. And if we are going to be his children, we need to do things that are going to change not only our life, but everybody else's life that's in our family. Or are we that selfish and self-centered that we go blow the... Listen, how much money have you got from income tax the past three years? And today, you have nothing. When you could invest it in some land and you could have your own property. Just think about it in your heart. I mean, just go home tonight and think about If you don't know where, we always need to find out where we are at because all we got to do is look at the money trail. Think of how much money we get and tell me who now has the money. 
when you could buy the land and the price of land is going up. So if you paid 3000 for the land, you give it nine months, it's worth 8000 If you just put something on there, it's worth 180000 But we're so locked up that we think about, let's go to the buffet. Yo, let's go to Shreveport. Let's see if we can flip this money. I'm going to go buy rims. It makes no sense. But when you are in Egypt, nothing makes sense. But God is going to bring us out. These are things that we need to talk about so we can gauge where we are at. Because the next time you get, you listen, your money is coming in four months. I'm not asking you what you do with your money because that ain't got nothing to do with me. You need to ask you what you are going to do with your money and tell yourself that you are coming out. And land, you live in a place where if you go to the West Coast, it costs so much money to get a piece of land where y'all can get together as a family and go, and go buy the land and then put a house on there, a four-bedroom, a five-bedroom home. Like our Mexican brothers and sisters do, they humble themselves and get a five-bedroom home. Everybody pay the taxes. It's $100 a month. In a couple of years, you get another house and put it on the land next to each other. And then, you know, a couple of years you put it. Listen, it makes sense, but why doesn't it happen? What does the scripture say? What did the scripture just say? We just, I told you, he's trying to steal it. What did the scripture say? What's the problem? We just read it today. Exodus chapter 6. You know what the problem is, John? What does the scripture tell us today that the problem is? Excuse me? We started it off. That's what he remembers. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Even though you know God, and even though God is speaking to your heart, it's, that, it's just like college. In college, you take notes. Pharaoh is not God, but somehow he thinks he is God. And he's like, who is the Lord? They said, let us leave and go serve our God. Our God in this text, if you were taking notes, is talking to us about land. Does anybody remember that? This is how stuff gets stolen. Who bumped into you? You were sitting here. <laughs> Who just bumped into you? Alexis? You think Alexis is still there? Alexis' mind wandered for a while. And somebody else entered her body and started talking to you, Mike. And you were like, what, what are you talking about? What are we going to eat when we get out of here? The next thing you know, that person is once, once he pickpocketed you, then Alexis shows back up and is like, what's wrong with you? Well, I was, we'll go to Brookshire's. I ain't asking you nothing. Got him. <laughs> oh, y'all, listen, it's that quick when you're on the street. Pay attention. My papa used to say to me, stop there. You know, you're walking down the street all looking off dangerous. <laughs> this is New York. Pay attention, boy. There's more going on out here than what you know. 
We just walked through this. But it ain't that important to you, is it? They can't steal your land. They can't. They can't. They can. They can bulldoze all they want to. They can dig all they want to, but they can't dig to China. They can't steal your land. Why is God talking to them about land? Why is the Lord talking to you about land? Why is he talking about something that nobody can? Listen, you can leave it for 10 years and come back and it's still there. Might have a couple of trees on it. Might have some old tires on it. You know how people come through and throw old tires on it. Might have a terrible, if you get the toilet on you, you know you came up. So somebody puts a toilet on your leg. Who put the toilet on our leg? It's your land. It's your land. Satan doesn't want to let you go. That's who it is. He's going to try to pickpocket you. If I text you in about 30 minutes, be like, hey, who's trying to get you? Um, I think Billy's coming to pick us up. I'm like, no, I'm talking about the text, the text. I can't wait. We're trying to go to Brooks's get something, and I'll text you back. And I'm like, what can you buy that the enemy can't take from you? Insurance? And you don't just sit there and say, Lord, I don't know what else to do. If you heard anything, you got Satan, you got God, and God is trying to give you land. In four months, you're about to have enough money to set your family up when you're gone. Four months. Let's see what happens in four months. Where will you be at in four months? Just in four months, no more trying to figure out where you're going to live because God is telling them, I've already figured out where you're going to live. But they didn't want to hear what Moses had to say, did they? They said, talk to the hand, Moses. I'm just doing a review for you because you ain't nobody took notes. So when you get home, you say, hey, babe, sit down. You know what? Satan, did Satan pickpocket you? I mean, I don't know, but this is what the notes were. He's coming to steal, to kill, and destroy us. But God came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And he told us to buy land because they can't steal our land. As long as we pay the taxes, which are like $100 a month, they can't get us. And oh yeah, and if we invest the 4000 in the land and we put a house on it, it immediately goes to 180000 in value, and we can sell that and go buy two more pieces of land and put two more houses on it, and we're at 360000 and we can multiply it again, and now we're getting into the five to $600,000 mark. Like, like that. I'm going to ask you next week, and some of y'all will be like, well, you know what? I was watching Barney because they cut off my cable. And, uh, and Barney got on my nerves. We remember everything about every. We can tell you lyrics to songs, all types of stuff, how much it costs an ounce in 1985, but we cannot recite what the word is saying. There's a problem with that. So we got to think about that. 
because he's, he literally last week, they heard the word. They were like, yo, that's dope. Satan was like, I'm going to steal it because he doesn't want to let you go. Let us go that we may worship the Lord. Who is the Lord? I don't understand what you're saying. I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. What are you talking about? The Lord. I'm the Lord. I'm the one. I'm the one that's going to give you the money. I'm going to take care of you. You're not taking care of you. Living half crazy. Well, that's your fault. No, that's your fault, devil. That's the devil's fault. Amen? Amen. Y'all got that in your heart? You know who the devil is? Land. The Lord wants to give you land. So I know you won't buy a fur coat. Some of y'all are going to look at each other's phone on the way home like, why are you looking at fur coats? But I mean, it was interesting when he was talking about furs, but there was a pretty great one that I saw. It's going to happen. Guarantee you're going to look at somebody's phone. You'll be like, why are you looking at them? It's real talk. I keep trying to tell people how real it is and that the devil is real. It's not like he's trying to pretend anything. He's the devil. We just got finished. It was only like two minutes and we forgot everything that was said in the sermon. People are here sleeping. They're the ones that are going to get got. They're the ones that are going to go by the radio for their car and the rims <laughs> because they're sleeping. They're like, and the ones that are woke, y'all hear the word woke? Are going to be like, yo, I just bought that land, baby. I'm like, oh, snap. What you going to do now? Man, I've been looking at homes. I'm like, man, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Pastor Mark, I ain't going back. I'm like, okay, baby, don't go back. Don't go back. That's when you got that look. I ain't going back. Because I'm telling you, it wasn't like a year later, Israel was like, I sure do miss being in Egypt. And people are looking at them like, are you on crack? I miss crack, though. Like, I always knew where I, what, what was going to happen when I was on crack. But, like, living by faith is so hard. Because everything, I mean, I got to pray about it, study, <laughs> go to church, and spend time with the Lord. And I don't really feel like seeing him like that. With crack, it was always just me and crack. Literally the conversation that crack people have. Go, go find somebody that's on crack and listen to what they say. And you'll be like, I'm not even on crack. And I sound like I'm on crack. Because it's the same devil, whether you're rich or poor, that is trying to keep you where you're at. You could be rich like that man said. Remember that in Sunday school? He was rich, but he was on that stuff. So no matter how much money he had, he was miserable. And no matter how much money you have, and no matter how much is going on in your life, sometimes you're not happy. And you know you can be happy. You're very smart. You're very intelligent. You can be happy. You just got to let the Lord in your life and let the Lord fight your battles. This battle right here of coming out and liberating, you want to be liberated. Only 2% of African Americans own property in the United States. Not that they don't have money. They always keep throwing these cars in our face. And all this lavish lifestyle and all this gold and all this stuff in our face. Stuff that people can just take from us. But they don't flash land, do they? You don't see no rappers talking about, I'm about to go down here and buy me some land. They don't talk about that. I'm about to come up with some land. I'm about to leave my children some land. They don't say that. 
They say, I'm going to get rich or die trying. Are you going to get rich or die trying? So you only got two options for your life? So if you don't get rich, you're going to die trying. <laughs> so what options is that? This is literally our music. This is the music they put on. They, they, they program you. There's a TV called Programming. Whitney keeps trying to get me to watch the Cowboys. Like, I'm going to be programmed to be watching them. It's not going to happen. I blacked that out. But they put this music on, and they tell you to get rich or die trying. So you're like, I only get two options in it? Yeah, uh, yeah, you only get two options, either get rich or die trying. Which one do you want? I don't want to die and whatnot. Well, I mean, it's an option. Just take your pick. Rich or die trying. And you're like, dang, bro. And these other people over here on the other side of the tracks, they got like 10 options. And dying ain't one of them. Land, you know, boats, buying islands, four-year degrees. Where's dying on their page? Oh, no, that's not an option. But why you got dying over here on my page? I thought you wanted to come up. It shows how hard you are. You about that life. It's supposed to be hard. You said you hardcore. That's what I thought NWA was telling you about that. No, we don't listen to NWA. We don't need to be listening to Ice Cube and them. I'm trying to listen to Shaka Khan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To be real. It's got to be real. That's all I got for you. But think about it. When you get home tonight, text somebody. Risha, you text somebody. Thomas, you text somebody. Carolyn, text somebody. I know she's like, I don't know how to text, but just try it anyway. Just put, just look up their name and put in there, <laughs> what you buying? <laughs> and guess, and find out what the reply is, because they're going to be like, buy what? Why are you playing on my phone? <laughs> no, no. Remember church and whatnot? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you get God? No, I ain't get God. I'm, I'm in here praying about it now. I'm trying to move on MLK. Don't move on MLK. They sell drugs on MLK. But MLK is, you know, it's Martin Luther King. And every city you go to, they always sell dope on MLK. You think that's a coincidence? They just do that to be on purpose. Just, just to bring the name down. That's just what they do. Now, they're selling dope in white neighborhoods, too. You know? They're selling dope over there, too. You know what I'm saying? So, so we're going to do this for the next couple of weeks. We'll look at this because every week he's going to be saying, I'm not going to let you go. You got four months. We're going to count it down. Christmas is coming. Don't get caught up in Christmas. That's not one of our Lord's holidays. All right. He has holy days. They have holidays. Remember how you have McDonald's and McDowell's on coming to America? <laughs> that's what that's. All right, that's the only way I can put it to you. You got McDonald's and McDowell's. He's like, they got the golden arch. We got the golden arcs. And everybody started laughing like, fool, you're copying them. And Satan's like, no, I'm not. I have Christmas. But over here, he's the God of the Hebrews. Don't listen to that. We have Christmas. <laughs> and now they just say, well, let's just take the Christ out of it. Let's just make it call it Xmas. Because, you know, that's slang for Christmas. And it's not even in the book. The holiday is not in the book. There's nothing in there, nothing close to it. All right? But you go out here and spend all this money on that day for people that you really don't even like. 
You don't even get your mama nothing. And next thing you know, after Christmas is over, she done broke up with you anyway. He done broke up with you because they got what they wanted and they done moved on. And you done sat there and spent four or $500 on them. And you bought your mama or whatnot a toothbrush. Here, mama, I bought you a toothbrush because I love you so much. And she looking at you like, thank you, baby. Like, is my breath that bad? Or like, are my teeth that bad that she bought me a toothbrush? <laughs> Literally what happens. Or underwear and socks. Like, are they washing my clothes? Like, these socks were $2.99 at the dollar store. But how come you spent $500 on this person over here? All they do is put you down. I don't know. I'm just hoping they love me more. Okay. <laughs> Spend your money on your daddy or your mommy. They're the only ones that are going to be there when you get locked up. <laughs> All right? Do you hear me? That's the only one that's going to be there when you get locked up. Your so-called boo-boo, she's going to be with your buddy. Or, you know what I'm saying? Your girl. Y'all you know, you know what I'm saying? They coming to visit you in jail, but they, they with each other now. I'm looking out for her. I'm looking out for him. That's real tough. And you sitting in jail like, while you looking at their Facebook pictures. <laughs> we'll see you soon. She's pregnant. <laughs> you, you sitting in jail and you done got got. This literally happens every day. So get your daddy, get your mama something for Christmas if you celebrate it. All right? Get your kids something. Love on them a little bit. You ain't got to get them on nothing lavish or whatever like that. Tell them I love you. Give them a little something. You know what I'm saying? Let them move on. Don't sit there and spend everything you got on some day that don't mean nothing. Okay? The Lord told you to go get some land. He says, I'm taking you to a land. I'm taking you to land. That's what the Lord is saying. I want to liberate you. I want to give, listen, a heritage. Did y'all see that in the scriptures? I read it. Exodus chapter 6, he talked about a heritage. I'm going to give you something that you can give to your children, that you can pass on, that they can remember you by. I want to solidify your name and who you are. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Think I'm going to get that fair coat, Pastor Mark. I'm going to be looking dope. <laughs> 